You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians radio network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. everyone welcome to tribe talk jim rosenhouse along with you this weekend as we join you from progressive field downtown cleveland which has been hopping on this homestand some great crowds including this weekend so far against the yankees with two more games to go heading into the all-star break later on tonight saturday night the indians and yankees at 7:15 sold out tickets available for tomorrow's homestand finale that's a 110 first pitch against the Yankees. Go to Indians.com as soon as you can to pick those up if you do want to come to the game on Sunday. We will begin our show with our weekend review, and we take you back to Monday. The Reds in town, the Battle of Ohio taking place here at Progressive Field, and a difficult loss for the Tribe as the Reds win it by a final score of 7-5. to And then on Tuesday, a frustrating defeat for the Indians as they led 4-0 heading to the top half of the ninth inning. The Reds scored seven times, getting it going against reliever and closer Cody Allen, who has been so good this season. And then, uh, of course, the much-talked-about bullpen miscommunication that uh, led to some matchups that the Indians were not looking at heading into facing Joey Votto late in that ninth inning. And Votto came through with what turned out to be the game-winning base hit. On Wednesday, though, after the Indians held a team meeting and Terry Francona took full responsibility for the bullpen miscommunication, the Indians went out and piled it on the Reds, a 19-4 win. And it got started early, first inning, thanks to none other than Jose Ramirez. And the pitch swung on and a rocket deep right down the line. Goal! 2-0 Indians. Jose Ramirez for the second night in a row has the first inning home run. Number 26 for Jose Ramirez and 23 of them have been left-handed. And that was a line drive bullet that easily cleared the wall in right. And the Indians have the early 2-0 lead just like they had last night. That was all in the first inning, but in the third they got right back at it starting with Yonder Alonso. He's ready and the 0-1 to Yonder Alonso with the infield back. Swung on, broken bat bouncer. Up the middle, finds a hole into center field. Base hit. Brantley scores an unearned run. It's 3-0 drive. Stopping at second is Encarnacion. And a broken bat ground ball single into center field by Yonder Alonso gives him 50 RBIs. And now the Indians the first five men in their lineup all have 50 RBIs or more this season. 
Two batters later, bases loaded. Jan Gomes had the big blow. The pitch. Swing and a liner toward the gap in right center. It gets down for a base hit. Encarnacion scores. Alonso's being waved home. On his way to third is Kipnis. In sliding is Alonso. Throw goes to the plate, but way up the line. And it's a big two-run single by Jan Gomes to right center. And the Indians have broken it open. Five-nothing tribe here in the third. And give Jan Gomes 30 RBIs on the year. Then Tyler Naquin drove in a run with an infield single to make it 6-0. And then Michael Brantley stepped to the plate. Now the pitch. Swing and a ground ball. Sharply hit up the middle into right center. Another base hit. Scoring are Gomes and Naquin. 8-0 Indians. Michael Brantley on an 0-2 pitch. A sharply hit ground ball back up the middle into right center. Looked like Rainey left a slider up. Capping off that big third inning was, you guessed it, Jose Ramirez. The payoff pitch. Swung on, blasted, high, deep to right, down the line, goal! Jose Ramirez's second home run. Five RBIs. It's a nine-run third. And the Indians are punishing the Reds for that stunning loss last night. 11-0 Indians. And Jose Ramirez continues to be just an absolute wrecking ball at 5-9. How about that? 11-0 Tribe after three innings of play thanks to that nine-run third inning. Carlos Carrasco was cruising on the mound, the beneficiary of all those runs. And in the fourth, the Tribe went right back to it looking for more. This time, Jason Kipnis stepped in with two men aboard. The 3-1 pitch. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball. Deep right field, way back. Home run, Kipnis. Thirteen-nothing tribe on home run number nine for Jason Kipnis. Later on in the inning, Tyler Naquin delivered once more. Here's Rainey's pitch. Swung on, and there's a drive up the alley, right center field. That'll get down for extra bases. It rolls to the wall. On his way to third, being waved around is Gomes. Here comes the relay. It's offline. Gomes scores. It's an RBI double for Naquin, and the Indians now lead it 14-0. Tyler Naquin with two runs batted in tonight. He's now two for two. 18 RBIs on the season for Naquin. And then it was Francisco Lindor joining the home run parade. Here's the pitch from Stevens. And that swung on, lifted high and deep to right. Forget it. Home run, Lindor. Lindor with home run number 25. And the Indians now lead it 17-0. No doubt about it for Lindor down the right field line. RBI singles from Yonder Alonso and Tyler Naquin in the seventh inning finished up the scoring. 
and 19 to 4 was the final as the Indians piling up a big number on the Cincinnati Reds on Wednesday. Thursday, 7-4 loss to the Yankees in the series opener. Great pitching matchup potentially between Corey Kluber and Luis Severino, two who should vie for the Cy Young Award when the season is complete, and uh, both with uh, less than their best outings of the season, and the Yankees pulled away late off of the tri-bullpen. So the Indians looking to even up that series on Friday night. Shane Bieber against Domingo Herman, the pitching matchup. And once again, it was Jose Ramirez getting the scoring started in the first inning with good situational hitting, leading to an RBI ground out. And then in the second inning, Jan Gomes extended the lead. And the pitch to Gomes. And he hits one high in the air, pretty deep left. Gardner back on the track, near the wall, jumps up, and the ball's off the wall above Gardner. Hitting third is Snakewin. He's going to try to score. On his way to second is Gomes. Snakewin scores without a throw. Brett Gardner thought he was going to catch that ball. He was up against the wall and left. He jumped, and the ball hit right above him, off the wall. And Gomes with an RBI double to left, and the Indians with a 2-0 lead. Here in inning number two, Gomes 17th double and 31st RBI and just did get about a foot above the outstretched glove of the leaping Brett Gardner. Next, it was Michael Brantley with Gomes at third and the speedy Francisco Lindor at first. He delivers. Brantley with a drive toward the gap. Right center. It's getting down. It'll hit the dirt. Bang up against the wall. Gomes scores. Here comes Lindor. Throw to the plate. He's in standing. Stopping it second is Brantley. And it's a 4-0 Indians lead. Michael Brantley with a two-run rocket to the gap in right center. His 25th double. 54 RBIs, and the Indians do not let Herman off the hook. Meanwhile, Shane Bieber shut down the Yankees for the first four innings before New York put together a three-run fifth, and we had a one-run ball game at 4-3. to three. But in the bottom half of the fifth inning, the Indians answered, starting with Jose Ramirez once again. The 2-2. Swung on, line drive down the right field line. Fair ball. This one's headed to the corner. Bradley is racing to third, and they're going to wave him around. He's headed for home. Here's the relay. He slides, and he's safe. Into third is Ramirez, and the Indians are now in front 5-3. Then Yonder Alonso came through. Here's the 1-1. Swung on, line drive, right field, base hit. Headed for home is Ramirez, he scores! And the Indians pan the lead again on the RBI signal by Alonzo. Drive six, Yankees three. As the Indians have come right back and scored twice here in the fifth inning, and there's still nobody out. And in the sixth inning, Shane Bieber was back on track. A swing and a ground ball into the shift. In shallow right, Kipnis gloves, and he'll throw out Greg Bird. So Shane Bieber gave up three runs in the fifth, then makes 11 pitches in the sixth inning and goes through the heart of the order, Hicks, Stanton, and Bird. The Yankees scored an unearned run in the eighth inning, and then a leadoff home run in the ninth by Giancarlo Stanton off of Cody Allen made it a one-run game at 6-5. to five. But this night, Cody Allen wasn't letting this one get away. 
Cody Allen to face D.D. Gregorius. Here's the set. Here's the pitch from the Indians closer. And Gregorius swings and sends a weak fly into shallow left. Lindor calls everybody out. The shortstop makes the catch. Ball game. Well, Indians fans with their hearts in their throat, take a deep breath, sit back, and smile. The Indians have finally beaten New York here in 2018, but as always, it is never easy. So the Indians battling their way through on this homestand. They will head into play on Saturday, 3-5, and five on what will be a 10-game homestand by the time it concludes with tomorrow afternoon's contest against New York. Stay tuned. When we come back, we will visit with two opposing managers who have ties to the Cleveland Indians. That's coming your way shortly as we continue with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Sports View. Next topic, is it really all about power? Makes me think of Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Gives you the power to find options based on your budget. Let's go to Chuck for an irrelevant analogy. Man, back in the day, people didn't ask how many oranges are in the crate. They just took the oranges. They didn't say, are there 6, 7, 12, 15, whatever. It was just oranges. You get me? We get you, Chuck. In a word... Oranges. Give it to us straight with the Progressive Name Your Price tool. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you from Progressive Field, downtown Cleveland. Great to have you with us this weekend as we talk baseball on the radio and get you ready for a big ball here at the ballpark on Saturday night. 7-15 first pitch, Indians and Yankees in game three of the series. Earlier this week, the Indians faced the Reds, who are managed at least on an interim basis right now by former Indians third base coach Jim Riggleman. That's right, he was the third base coach for the Tribe back in the 2000 season, and it was just one season that he filled that role for the Tribe. He has plenty of Major League managing experience, but when we had a chance to catch up with him, we asked him what his impressions and takeaways were from his time here in Cleveland. Just a, a really unbelievable ball club. You know, the talent on the field, if I could name everybody, I'm not sure, but, uh, you know, Fryman and uh, Vizquel, Alomar, Tomey, Alomar, uh, Einar Diaz, the backup catcher, and then Kenny Lofton and Manny Ramirez. Uh, you know, uh, just just so much talent we put on the field. Richie Sexton. Um, uh, the pitching was good, good starting pitching. Pretty good bullpen, but um, uh, what I remember from that year is we were so good, but the White Sox played so unbelievable. They, they, they got ahead of us. Manny Ramirez was down for many games, um, and we dug ourselves a hole. And then when Manny came back, we were pretty much unbeatable, but the gap was uh, just too much to close. Uh, Jim, it's good to see the Reds playing some good baseball once again. Thanks a lot for coming by. Appreciate uh, it. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. That's Reds manager Jim Riggleman talking about his time here in Cleveland. And, wow, he is doing great work with Cincinnati after a dreadful start for the Reds. He's had them playing better than 500 baseball since late April. Also in town this week, another former, well, another manager with ties to the Indians. And he's a former player for the Tribe, was the Tribe's third baseman back in 2005 and 2006, talking about Aaron Boone, who is now the manager for the Yankees. Now, Boone had been one of the color commentators on ESPN's Sunday Night Baseball. And after that time at ESPN, we asked him 
What made him want to get back into the game on the field? I think the last couple of years I've started to get the bug and kind of feel like the game's been calling me a little bit and I've had that pull to just, you know, get back in and, and wanting to get back into the competition a little bit. And, um, you know, before I took the Yankee job, I was probably moving towards a front office position with a, with a club or a couple of coaching opportunities were out there. So I was probably going to transition away from ESPN anyway. And then the Yankee thing came up and kind of moved fast. And, and now here I am. Aaron Boone joining us, Yankees manager. Played for the Tribe here in, in 05-06. What are your memories of, of your two seasons here? Um, but a really good team in 05. Um, a lot of good young players. Um, obviously, CC. That now that I get to manage was was a prominent player on that club. Um, <clears throat> you know, it was just a it was a great organization to be a part of. Um, you know, between Mark Shapiro that time and Chris Antonetti was already here, and um, you know, a lot of people behind the scenes um, here with the Indians that I'm still in touch with, that I still have relationships with. Um, kind of lifelong relationships that I was able to build from my time here because of all the good people that work with the Indians uh, out in front and behind the scenes. You've played one series in New York, one game here, and who knows, maybe there's something coming in October. We'll see. But uh, what do you see across the diamond with that team? I see a lot of good players and, and a lot of problems uh, going in from a game plan standpoint. Obviously, they have a number of guys having really, really strong seasons. A couple guys having MVP caliber seasons. Obviously, the starting rotation um, is can be a little bit intimidating over there. I know they've had some struggles of late in the bullpen with some just some guys being hurt and whatnot. But we it's a team that we have a tremendous amount of respect for and, and know that if we're going to have a chance to beat them night in and night out, we got to play our best. Aaron Boone, thanks so much for the time. Appreciate it. You bet. Good to see you. That's Aaron Boone, Yankees manager, doing some great work with New York and uh, doing it with no managerial experience at any level, doing some nice work with the Yankees. Stay tuned. When we come back, we will visit with a couple of the Indians All-Stars, Michael Brantley and Trevor Bauer. That's as Tribe Talk continues on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Well, the Indians will have five players at the All-Star Game next week. And as you may have heard on Friday, Corey Kluber will not pitch, but he will attend the All-Star Game for a third time. Joining him, Trevor Bauer, and then position players Frankie Lindor and Jose Ramirez for Lindor his third, for Ramirez his second, and Michael Brantley, Indians outfielder, will be heading to his third All-Star game. And Brantley says it's something you always appreciate and it never gets old. You don't take it for granted. Uh, it's a lot of hard work that goes into each and every season. Um, a lot of hard work they put in, you know, in spring training with these guys in this locker room. And, you know, it's a byproduct of having a great team and great leaders to be, you know, coming in every day with a positive attitude, uh, positive environment, and going out and playing good baseball. And these last two, you could make a case that that was the furthest thing from your mind in the wintertime was making an all-star team. Yeah. Uh, what does it mean to be able to do it in these two years where you had to work so hard to get where you are? Yeah, uh, a lot of hard work went in this offseason. Um, a lot of stuff that I couldn't do that I wanted to do, you know, because I was, you know, coming off of surgery. 
but at the same time, you know, I'm just so appreciative of, you know, the votes that I got and, you know, all the, you know, the high praises that I got and the thank yous and, you know, just for all the stuff that people have done for me. Um, you know, I, I'm always going to be very appreciative. I never take this for granted. It's a special moment every time you get your name announced, and uh, I don't know what to say. I, I, I'm very appreciative. The All-Star Game means different things, I'm sure, to different players. You grew up in a baseball family. Uh, what are your memories of the All-Star Game as a kid in terms of players that you like to watch who were in the game? Yeah, I love watching the All-Star Game. I love watching the Home Run Derby and the excitement that, you know, the fans brought and the players did. They looked like they enjoyed it so much. And then, uh, you know, watching, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. growing up was my idol. I always wanted to be like him. I was left-handed. I tried to hit like him. And just watching his swing at the plate and the home run derby with the backwards hat. Uh, you know, just all those good memories. Now I get to create my own with my family and my kids. And they're going to be on the field with me. Uh, it's just special, something we could talk about down the road. And, you know, I can't wait to have my family out there with me. Is this breaking news? Are you in the home run derby? Absolutely <laughs> not. That's not for me. I hate line drives. Uh, those big guys can, even, can hit those balls over the fence far, not me. All right, you go with uh, four teammates again. And what does that say about the organization from the standpoint of, of these are guys who not necessarily drafted by the Indians, but the last stages of their development for sure. Uh, what does that say about the organization here? They're doing a phenomenal job of you know bringing in good quality people and good quality players that are willing to come in and work hard every day, that are never satisfied and that are going out there and you know giving it their all every day and you know getting better and growing confidence and being great teammates. I think that this organization lets you be yourself, but at the same time we hold each other to a high, a very high standard, and I think that's very important. You mentioned great teammates, and I know Francisco Lindor at, at different points in time has given you a lot of credit uh, for either on the field, off the field, hitting, whatever it may be. How long has it taken you to, to feel comfortable to be able to pass along good stuff to, to some younger teammates? Uh, not, that, not that long at all. I feel like you know, being a good teammate, you have to be an open book. Um, you got to be make sure that you're supporting one another and through the good and the bad. Uh, any questions they have, they had to be able to trust you that you're going to give them an honest and respectful answer, in which I do. And I'm always going to be there for you know all, every any one of my teammates. Uh, some ask me more questions than others, but at the same time, you know we have a great group of guys in this locker room that work hard, and you know it's fun to be a part of. Michael, congratulations. Enjoy it. Thank you. Well, what a year for Michael Brantley coming off of that ankle surgery that ended his uh, season while well, he came back for the postseason but then offseason ankle surgery and he has come back strong this year also going to the game for the first time trevor bauer and uh, bauer certainly outspoken he'll pitch on sunday against the yankees but he says he'll be ready to go in the all-star game if called upon and, and for bauer certainly an honor and uh, something that's very important to him and uh, he's looking forward to next week in washington Oh, I was pretty pretty excited. Um, I've been part of that meeting before. Um, the last couple of years, we've had quite a few all-star selections. And hearing their names called and getting up and going over and congratulating them. Hey, have a great time. I'm really happy for you. Um, and this year, you know, got to be on the other side of it. And people come up to me and say, you know, congrats and happy for you and have a good time and stuff like that. So it's, uh, it's cool. It's cool for the people that are going. Um, it's a tough time, though, for some of our guys who probably deserve to be there, who didn't get the nod. Uh, but it was an exciting time for me. And you go with four teammates, and what does that mean to you to be able to, to share this with, with four of your teammates who are also having great years? Yeah, it means we got a great team, man. Uh, we got a lot of talent here, a lot of really good guys, good people. Um, so any experiences that we get to share together as a team are special, and 
while not every member of the team gets to go for this one, um, it'll still be a special moment for those that are that do get to go. Your numbers should speak for themselves, but there's so many numbers in the game today. What do you think set you apart and, and allowed you to make the team? Oh, I don't know. I, I lead currently in um, F4 and FIP, um, top five in a lot of categories. Um, through once I have comparable number of starts to everybody else uh, I'll lead an innings pitch likely and I think that's the biggest thing is I'm on the mound a lot I eat up a lot of innings um, striking guys out more this year and those are the things that I'm happy with you know limiting the walks I have a career best walk rate right now career high strikeout rate um, career low ERA career high innings pitch per game so everything's trending in the right direction you mentioned all those, and consistency is, is usually what will put a pitcher over the top in, in so many different areas, and that doesn't always come right away. What allowed you to become more consistent and, and really have it click in here within the last calendar year or so? Yeah, uh, it's not always a linear process, you know. Um, 2014, I walked a lot of people, so I worked on my command a lot. And then 2015, I walked a lot of people. <laughs> And then I worked on my velocity and command and everything after that, developing some new pitches. Um, the things that you work on that you think are going to help you don't always help you, but every failed experiment or every, I don't know, I don't want to say failure, but that's when you learn the most is from, from failing and pushing yourself past your ability level, finding out what you can and can't do. You grow, you learn, you work on it, and then you do it again. So... Mostly it's just a constant iterative process that I go through. Where am I now? Let me be a good self-evaluator. Like, I don't want to lie to myself. If I'm bad, I'm bad. I need to be able to tell myself that and be okay with it. But I'm not going to stay there. I'm going to figure out a way to get better. And like I said, for a while it was command. For a while it was velocity. For a while it was I like, you know, couldn't put guys away, so I was giving up a lot of – at-bats were extending a lot, so I couldn't get deep into a game. So you just keep working on all those little things, and at some point you kind of break through that barrier where it all starts kind of coming together. American League All-Star Trevor Bauer joining us, which I imagine sounds like fun, especially for someone who, who watched the game growing up. And, and memories for you of the All-Star game as a kid, who did you focus on? What, what stood out to you in, in the games that you remember? Uh, just Mostly it was just the... I mean, these are the these are the best guys. You know, these are the the best players that the world has to offer, and being able to watch them all in the same field, going it up against each other, um, was super fun. I mean, I remember the home run derbies. I would tune in and McGuire and Bonds and Sosa. Like the balls are just being hit 600 feet, or maybe not exactly 600. They didn't have Statcast back then, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, like some of the home run derbies. I remember, you know, Bonds and McGuire kind of going back and forth against each other, and um, Torrey Hunter robbing Bonds of the of a homer in the in the All Star game itself, and Pedro Martinez punching out six. I mean, Sosa. And I don't even remember who. Bagwell, McGuire. There's a lot of guys that he just, you know, abused that game, and it's just those memories are. They're like an integral part of you, of, of, at least of my baseball, my childhood baseball career. Actually, you see these guys and you want to go emulate them and like you never really imagine that you're going to be one of those players. So now hopefully I get to be 
an inspiration like that to the next generation of baseball players. And I guess that was the follow-up. Did you watch these games and say, I want to be a Major League Baseball all-star player. I want to play in the Major League Baseball all-star game, even as young as, as when you were a kid before UCLA, before minor league ball, and then before uh, Major League Baseball. Yeah, it was never tangible, you know? It's like when you're growing up, you want to be an astronaut, you know, but I don't think anyone really has a... It's not like anyone says, I'm going to be an astronaut, and then that's just all they do, you know? No one really thinks it's a possibility, and then some people go on to pursue it and they get there and they get to go to space and whatnot for me it was like I watch these guys and they're the best of the best and I want to try to be like them but it was never really a tangible or realistic thing where I set a goal of like oh man I want to be an all-star my goal always was just to play on my high school team like I wanted to make the high school team and play I didn't want to just be a bench player and then once I made the high school team and was a contributor on the varsity staff I wanted to be I wanted to play in college D1 and then once I made that I wanted to get drafted and then you know, once I was in the minor leagues I wanted to make the big leagues and then you know I wanted to be an all-star and I'm always looking for like the next level that I can go to um, and watching all-star games growing up was an inspiration on that to show the highest level but it was kind of like looking up at Everest and thinking oh yeah I'm gonna climb that and it's just not really not not relevant really when you're nine or ten or twelve years old not knowing what it's all about not having been there yet any expectations for the week well i've had some guys that have been there come up and give me some advice on what to do what not to do and basically what everyone tells me is just make sure you do everything and enjoy it you know don't try to don't overbook yourself don't try to have too many people come to town or whatever just make sure you enjoy the experience because it's a lot of fun so that's what I'm most looking forward to is the atmosphere uh, meeting a lot of the other players that I've never met in person you know you play against them but you don't get to shake their hand and joke around with them in the clubhouse and stuff like that I'm gonna see if I can get any secrets from Manny Machado on how he always hits homers off me maybe try to put a, a curse on him or something for the next time I face him uh, the holy ghost himself Whatever it takes. Yeah. Trevor, congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's Indians all-star pitcher Trevor Bauer. Stay tuned. We'll conclude Tribe Talk with our weekly farm report after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Progressive presents Get Pumped, inspiration to help you do insurance stuff. Okay, timeout. You're going to let your budget be the boss of you? Take control with Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay for car insurance, and we'll help you find options that fit your budget. Here's some music to get you pumped. I hear your budget laughing at you. Oh, wait, that's just those kids laughing at me. Ignore them! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you. Our final segment as the Indians are in their final weekend of play heading into the All-Star break. The Yankees here in town. Saturday night, 7-15. Sunday afternoon, 1-10. Sold out Saturday, but there are tickets available for Sunday afternoon's game. So if you haven't made plans and you do want to see the Tribe take on the Yankees, by all means, come on down. Get them at Indians.com. Well, each week we visit with James Harris or have some semblance of a, a weekly farm report. And James is joining us again this week 
as uh, the Indians player development system is cranking on full steam with the short season teams underway. The All-Star Games took place this week at the higher levels with the AAA All-Star Game in Columbus and then the Eastern League All-Star Game in Trenton featuring several members of the Akron Rubber Ducks. In fact, six Clippers were representing the International League and the AAA All-Star Game in Columbus earlier this week and five Rubber Ducks were All-Stars as well. And we asked James, what does that mean or can mean for those players' development as uh, they continue on their minor league seasons? Yeah, it's a way that they get a little bit of external recognition by their peers and by, by the league for the work that they've put in. Um, we've taught our players to value the process and work through the process, but it's also nice to get a little bit of external uh, validation for the work that you've done and have some success in the actual game because ultimately you want to be good players, and these guys have proven that. And when you look at Columbus hosting the AAA All-Star Game, certainly an honor for them. You've been there a bunch. Uh, what sets that ballpark and that operation apart, especially from your perspective as a place to send that upper echelon prospect in the system? We're lucky for a couple of reasons. One, I mean, we feel like the environment there is like the 31st team in Major League Baseball. So it's a, it's a, it's a Major League environment to put our players in, which is prepares them to play in the Major League. So nothing that gets closer, in, in our opinion, than Huntington Park. And secondly, the proximity to Cleveland with only being two hours away, you can put a guy in a car and be here if we need him uh, or vice versa. So it's, it's very convenient for us. A real good situation and a nice honor for, for them to be hosting the AAA All-Star Game. Uh, we go to uh, a team in the system. We like to focus on uh, one or two each week, and we'll focus on the Mahoning Valley Scrappers in the New York Penn League. Uh, near the bottom of the Indians farm system, but uh, some really good talent there as players. In some cases, just getting started on their careers, or at least in the early stages. And uh, let's start on that position player front. Tyler Freeman, drafted a year ago at shortstop. Uh, still hitting over 400. It's early, but but he's got a, a three or four weeks in now. And, and what are you seeing there from Tyler Freeman? Well, Tyler Freeman is a guy who's going to give you a competitive at-bat every time he goes out, and then he's going to flip around on defense and, and do well on the defensive side, too. Like He's a guy who comes in day in and day out and brings energy to the club. He's fun to watch. He's a name that you'll hear quite a bit about, and uh, it's, been, it's been good to see him out there. And his double play partner at second base is Jose Fermina. I know you like him a bunch, too. Yeah, and the two of those guys feed off of each other. Like one makes a great play, the other one is is ready to go. So those guys have, have really, really set the bar for what, what it looks like for a young player to develop in our system, and we've been able to point to that a couple times as an example. And catching-wise, recently uh, you've had Angel Lopez there, and I know you, you mentioned he moved around a little bit, especially for a young catcher. Uh, what are you seeing in him, and why is it important now to, to maybe let him settle in a little bit at, at Mahoning Valley? Yeah, Angel's a guy who, who's really come on for us over the past year. He's a young guy that we got in the draft last year, and he's been able to help us out as high as Lynchburg. But, I mean, he's a guy who, who, who needs to catch every single day. He's a good catch-and-throw guy. He, he is, is a good receiver, calls, calls the game well, develops good relationships with pitchers. And we want him to be able to develop those relationships without being gone. We don't want him to, to be the absentee catcher. So we, we want to make sure that he can continue to do that. On we go to the mound, and perhaps one of the brightest pitching prospects in the system is Luis Oviedo. And uh, we were talking before we got started. Here's a, a young guy, uh, still just 19, numbers off the charts, 40 strikeouts, five walks so far. And uh, how's he getting it done? What's his stuff? Well, he's a guy who, who pounds his own, 
he, he's not afraid to compete and go right, right after hitters. So he's an intelligent pitcher. He pitches well, and he pitches to, to holes. Like, he's a guy who every time he goes out there, you have a chance to win, and he's only 19 years old. So he's developing into his body. He's a six foot four, 200-pound guy that's continuing to get stronger. Like, it's, it's amazing to watch. Some older pitchers, college-drafted uh, pitchers, uh, Zach Draper and Cameron Mingo. And uh, what do you like about those two as they get going? The interesting thing about both of those guys, both college guys, both mature guys, like guys like Cameron Mingo has pitched in Mahoning, he's pitched in Lake County, he's pitched in Akron for us this year, and has had various levels of success. So like sometimes you need to depend on, on a guy to go out there and help your team win, and we've been able to do that. Now, of course, we're still in the development stages, so you see some good and you see some things that you need to develop, but both Zach as well as Cameron has been able to help us in that regard. And I know it's about moving players along, uh, developing them to their fullest. But at last check, Mahoning Valley was 16-7. and seven. And how important can that be environment-wise when, when you have a team that's winning more often than not? Yeah, not only do these guys have to develop their skills, we want them to be winning major league players at some point. So when, when Tito has to go to a guy, we want a guy who has done the things to win and know what winning looks like. And the best way to do that is to win at the lower levels. So not only do we want to develop, that's important, that's number one, but also along that we want to win. It is happening at Mahoning Valley to be sure. James, good to see you. Thanks for coming by. Thanks for having me. It's always fun. That's James Harris, Indians Director of Player Development, our weekly farm report. Until next week when we join you from deep in the heart of Texas as the Indians will be opening play after the All-Star break at the Rangers Ballpark in Arlington against the Rangers. This is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.